2: one KMBZ, John Grayson here with you and just thrilled to bring in our next guest on the broadcast. It's not every day you get to talk to a rock and roll Hall of Famer, especially about an album as special as the one that we're going to bring to you today. It's called Robbie Krieger and the Soul Savages. Robbie Krieger of The Doors and now the Soul Savages and Ed Roth, thank you both for being with us. All right, well, thanks for having us. We've got so much to go over in this album. And Ed, I want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about your keyboard work in this and how this whole project came together.
3: Well. I had been playing with Robbie for a while and Kevin and I, the bass player knew each other for a good while. Robbie had worked with him on his last solo record. I played in actually a gospel church with Kevin pretty regularly and lightning didn't hit either of us at any time of that. By the way. <laughs> that. Did wear rubber, rubber soles going in and out, but we just kind of started getting together, uh, jamming a little bit at Robbie's studio and, the songs just kind of started coming you know it's it's uh those guys are such a solid rhythm section that they would play an unusual groove and it inspire a melody for either from either robbie or i and you know one guy would maybe take the chorus one guy would take the verse and robbie and i would try to shape the songs and arrange them a little bit and you know we're we're all jazz lovers and and we all come from the school of the blues, and yeah. of course Robbie, the rock and roll legend. So we just kind of were playing, and after a couple songs, we you, you sit in the control room, and you you know when you've got something special, you know you you know it right away. And at that point, we went, you know what, we need to we need to do a whole album.
2: Yeah, let's start recording this stuff. And Robbie, pick it up from there because I know, I mean, it's got to be inspiring for you to be around as many people, because everybody in this band writes. Everybody is credited as a songwriter. So talk a little bit about that, being in that kind of creative environment.
4: Kind of the way it worked with uh, um uh, Kevin and Franklin, the bass and drummer, um, would kind of start playing something and, you know, hit a certain mood or whatever. And then Ed and I would uh, try to put some kind of melody to it or... Or, you know play something that works it was really easy the way it, it all came together it was uh, it was very uh, very cool you know and uh you know, it wasn't just four guys jamming to see who could play the loudest or the fastest, you know? right?
2: <laughs> when you're in that place where you know everybody's talent level and you don't have to show off, and like you said, not everybody's you know waiting for the you know for their chance in the spotlight, it just gets this sort of natural groove going to it, and the music is so easy. I mean, it's so incredibly easy to listen to. I guess how do you keep that from getting off track and just you know it's one thing to jam it's another thing to put a cohesive song together and that's the thing about all of these songs is they they definitely have a definitive beginning middle and end how do you know when you're done
4: <laughs> that's a good question um, I don't know I, you know I think uh, you know certain songs uh, we we really didn't know when we were done and, and we <laughs> kind of kept working on them and they would change and, and now let's go back to where we were last <laughs> on that last uh, time around, you know? So, uh, you know, that, that's a, a real talent is to know when you're done with a song and, and, uh, especially nowadays with the digital recording, uh, you know, it's so easy to go back and change stuff and, and it's like it's never done, you know. So you got to watch out for, 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 to, you know, make sure you don't get caught up in that too much. And we have a lot of the old gear at my studio. So we try to keep it, uh, you know, we, we have all these cool uh, old time uh, tube uh, machines and uh, stuff like
2: that. Uh, that's it has got to help as well. And I know, I mean, Ed, from listening to some of the keyboard work on this, particularly on uh, a day in L.A., which is a terrific groove, that, that that Hammond organ sound comes through. And, I mean, talk a little bit about that, about some of the gear that you're using and about the, the just the feel of it, because this sounds like, I mean, it's a very new sound, but it also sounds like it
3: could have been recorded 50 years ago, you know? The old keyboards, I mean, the first thing is every, everything you're doing aside from what you're playing well, what you're playing, everything you're doing is influenced by your tone and the older gear, it, it had a different dimension. It had a different depth. There's a third dimension. Listening to a real Hammond organ is like looking at a sculpture. Yeah. And when you listen to a modern keyboard, that's trying to be a Hammond organ, it looks like a painting. (laughs) You know, it was a different time. I mean, back then you would, have to bring a bunch of keyboards in, in, in the 80s when I when I came up you had to bring a bunch of keyboards still because each keyboard would have one great sound I mean a Hammond you can get a lot of colors and tones out of it but it's still going to be an organ but it sings you know I mean that's I think that's the key to it uh, Fender Rhodes it sings a real acoustic piano it sings it it, it just has a different spirit in it for not to go mumbo jumbo on it. But if, if you hear it, you can hear copies of it and, and you go, oh yeah, that's pretty good. And then you hear the real thing. It takes you a different place and inspires you to play in a different way
2: yeah it's an entirely different world and Robbie pick up on that because on another song another standout from the album Samosas and Kingfishers haunting the guitar shops as I do I've seen those Dan Electro baby sitars hanging on the wall and I've just I never picked one up they're so weird looking and I mean the sounds (laughs) the sounds that you get out of that thing are just absolutely outstanding so yeah I mean how much does the gear influence what you're doing from moment to moment
4: well, I'm, you know, I try to, I use the SG, my old SG, 67 SG yeah. most of the time. Uh, on that one song that you're talking about, I, I used the electric sitar, which was pretty cool. And uh, the cool thing about it is it's got all those little sympathetic strings. It's got, I think, 12 tiny strings you know and, and they're held to tune you know you gotta tune them perfect or else it sounds like crap <laughs> that that one came out great that's one of uh one of my favorite songs on the album
2: I I mean, even the name of it's great, too, Samosas and kingfishers very evocative. And, you know, you mentioned that 67 SG. I know there's another SG that's in your past that made news over the course of the last few days because you've been looking for this thing since it was stolen from you. What happened to your 61?
4: I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Somebody stole it Um, out of our, uh, you know, uh, practice uh, room back in the day and uh you know back then i didn't care i just got another one you know yeah but i mean i used that thing on the first two doors albums you know so i, I wish i wish i had it and then some somebody said they, they might have found it so we're uh, we're checking that out
2: right now. Excellent, that's great news. We're gonna have to follow up with you and find out if they did indeed find that one guitar. And it's sometimes, I mean, those things they just have a, a particular feel to them, especially the old Gibsons. They're all different from each other, so you just need to find the one that fits you the best. And you know, getting, right. getting back into and again, Ed Roth and Robbie Krieger are here with us. The brand new album is Robbie Krieger and the Soul Savages. And Ed, I, I want to talk a little bit about the way this was done too, because it's one thing to use the old gear and it certainly does come through in the sound but the other thing about this is a lot of this album was recorded if not all of it and you can fill us in on the details on this full band this isn't a bunch of pieces that were thrown together in pro tools you guys were in a studio all together it just it makes a difference you can hear it talk about that magic
3: well when you're playing with people everybody's reacting to what they're hearing and i should i should uh phrase that a little differently when you're playing with people that listen and are influenced by what other what the other guys are playing then everything changes it's like so many records are done where you're overdubbing after everybody's done yeah and you know, i was the king of that i would get called in when somebody didn't play exactly what the producer wanted or they felt like something uh something was missing and yeah, you're reacting to the music, but that's just you reacting. When you're in a room with four guys and you're all reacting to what each other is playing, things just can go a different place. Um, you know, we, we wrote those songs quite quickly. Uh, there, would, there would be a groove coming from Kevin and Franklin. And for, honestly, they had some interesting grooves that just would inspire you to play a certain way. And then you just kind of find the melody. And uh, for me, I, I'll, I'll say when you when I think I generally stink. If I just play instinctually <laughs> with with what I'm feeling, my first couple of takes, those those are going to be the ones. I might I might have some little clams in them, little fat finger clam here and there. Sure. But maybe maybe you you fixed that one little bit with an overdub a lot of those solos for me were first or second takes most of them were if not all of them I, i'd maybe fix the 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 landing in the next place because we tried to we tried to make the solo sections a little more where they went away from the rest of the groove of the song so it wasn't just one one solid groove going all the way and we try to go out of keys and you know we we put a little time in it, even though it came kind of quickly, we definitely, definitely put some time in it.
2: Well, you know, that's, that's interesting because there's also those beautiful mistakes. I mean, it, it, nothing's perfect. Right. And, and if you, you listen back to, I mean, there's, there's clunkers and Beatles songs, you know, there's clunkers. And I'm thinking particularly about the keyboard solo, the Led Zeppelin keyboard solo in all of my love. There's two notes in there that are totally wrong. I mean, that, it, that he hits two <laughs> notes at the same time. And, and sometimes that just, it, it's still, even though it's a mistake, Technically, it still fits the groove. And there's something, too, is a lot of times leaving that in, yeah?
4: Well, yeah, you leave... The Doors were the kings of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had so many uh, so many uh, mistakes in our songs, that, and but they became part of the song, and uh, and they worked. You know, a lot of times, the, you know, I'm, I'm saying, wow, I'm glad we made that mistake. Cause, uh, that's better than if we hadn't. And, uh, you, you know, you have to, you have to learn to, uh, pick out the good ones and, and, uh, and then fix the bad ones.
2: No doubt. Well, there's an awful lot of good ones in this one. And again, the brand new album is called Robbie Krieger and the soul savages. It's available out and available now. Are you guys going to be going out with this at all? Are you going to be playing any shows together?
4: Well, we have been playing the last couple of years together uh, uh, around town mostly around LA. Um and we hope to get uh, yeah, get some shows uh, going back east and and uh, Around the country. Well, we'd
2: love to see you right here in the middle of the country in Kansas City. And, guys, thank you so much for the music and for the talk. Again, Robbie Krieger and Ed Roth, a brand-new one, is Robbie Krieger and the Soul Savages. It's excellent music, and we really appreciate the time. We're going to go out with a little bit more of it, and thank you both for being with us on the program. All
4: right. Uh, We love Kansas City. (laughs) Love that song.
2: I love that barbecue. (laughs) Well, you know what? Mm -hmm. When you come to town, it's on me, guys. Thanks again. There's plenty more to come. John Grayson here with you on ninety-eight one (laughs) PC.
5: Well, this is not the distraction. If if somebody wondered if the Royals were going to be a distraction from the Super Bowl here, this is not the one that we thought was going to happen. But the announcement has been made here in the last 15 minutes or so. uh, And we have some details about it. We're going to get further into it coming up in the one o'clock hour. Uh, Royals shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. has signed the largest contract in franchise history. This is an 11-year extension worth $288.8 million. If you include the first three years, the 14 years in all, it could be worth $377 million which are those are Patrick Mahomes numbers that that that's getting up to to numbers that we know associated from him. Uh, There is a news conference plan for 10 o'clock tomorrow morning in which we will hear more about it. No doubt. Um, But the Royals have put out the release. Bobby Witt jr. Has tweeted about it as well um, saying it is a 14 year agreement that includes 11 years guaranteed. It allows him to opt out every year after year seven. Tell me why we are so happy about this. I mean, other than the obvious.
6: Bobby's great. I think ever since he came in, and granted, I'm not the biggest baseball guy in the world, and I'm not from Kansas City, but my family grew up Royals fans. I went to a few games. I think this is a a great opportunity to build around a young player who has a lot of energy, a lot of talent, and hopefully move forward from these losing seasons and all the, all the terrible stuff that's happened the last few years.
5: It's kind of funny as we talk about, uh, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but as we talk about whether, you know, a new stadium is going to be built and where, and one of the arguments that people say uh, against that is the Royals are they're, they're not doing great. They're not a good team. If that is one of your arguments against a new stadium downtown and investing all of that money, Here's your here's your counter to that.
6: Yeah, talk about a player to become the face of your franchise. This is the guy to do it because he went on Twitter and he said, I am incredibly grateful to the Sherman family and the Royals front office for believing in me. And I promise to do everything in my power to help bring championship baseball back to Kansas City. Let's go.
5: What an incredible time to be here. I mean, what? And, and we'll talk to Kathy Nelson coming up in a few minutes about soccer and about the World Cup. But what an incredible time, not just not just for sports, but just the way that that affects our entire community in general. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, The things that we have, I've been here 15 years. No other time has there been so much to be excited about than right now, at least so much going on at one time. It's just super cool. Uh, Coming up after one o'clock, we will talk to 610 Sports Royals insider Josh Vernier. He is gathering the details and talking to all the people that he knows, and he'll give us more insight on that deal coming up after uh, after 1 o'clock. But again, Bobby Wood Jr., Royals shortstop, signing the largest contract in franchise history, 11-year extension worth $288.8 million.
6: It's it's exciting stuff. And I'm not from Kansas City. I've been living here for about a year and a half at this point. Small town, middle of nowhere, Kansas, right? This gets me excited to be in Kansas City. Whether it's the sports scene or going downtown. I don't like driving downtown, but going downtown is fine. Going to the Legends area. There's just so much happening in Kansas City that it gets me excited to be a part of where I live.
5: Some of you are texting in. We'll um, get further into this. We'll certainly take your comments and take calls uh, coming up in the one o'clock hour. Speaking of sports, as we uh, just kind of keep things going here, it was announced yesterday, the matches that we are going to have here in Kansas City for the World Cup coming up two and a half years from now. Kathy Nelson will join us coming up to talk about that next year on KMBZ. So much going on today. So much to talk about in sports uh, and all over the place today. So excited. Uh, So one of the announcements that came out yesterday that we're talking about a lot today is the update on the World Cup coming up in June of 2026. Exactly what matches we're going to have. We are in some very great company uh, and some other great company we have on the line with us. Kathy Nelson, uh, president and CEO, Kansas City Sports Commission. Visit KC running everything over there. Thanks a lot for joining us.
7: Oh, hello! Hello. How are you? <laughs> Excited, tired. Um, it's kind of surreal. It's a weird day. We're parade planning, and we've got Big Twelve coming up, and coming off of yesterday, it's just a fantastic day.
5: Yes, it is. Okay, so we have a lot to go through, uh, and we Casey Current Stadium looks amazing. We'll talk to that coming up yep. as well. Um, okay, so for those of us who are less familiar with soccer but are super excited about the fact that we've got the world cup coming up. It's just such a great time to be in Kansas city. Take us through what you were expecting, what you were hoping for out of the announcement from FIFA yesterday.
7: Well, what we were expecting and what we've learned it was how many matches would be held in Kansas city at Arrowhead in 2026. This is what all cities have been anticipating since we were actually awarded as a host city back in June of 22. Um, And that's what we found out. And I would tell you that we all expected we would be hosting group play. What we didn't know then is after that, anything above whatever we were awarded for group play, which is that early stage, kind of that pre-championship. I shouldn't say that, not pre, but the group play stage. And then it gets into the knockout rounds, rounds 32, 16, and so on. So that's what we learned yesterday is how many group play matches we would host, which is four fantastic. And then from there, what we would host after that.
5: And it was two more is what for six and all, yes. it was two more after that.
7: Yes. Which is amazing. Like so exciting. And not only two more, we have one in the round of 32 and then we are hosting a quarter final, which and if you if you research World Cup or know enough about it, you know these quarterfinal matches are like England versus Italy or, or Germany. I like these are the big, big, big names. Not that all of them won't be big and exciting, but to get to a quarter final means the eyes of the world are truly upon us.
5: Even more so than they already were. Even
7: more so, yes.
5: And we stand out. I mean, when you look at the other cities that got quarterfinal matches and then there's us, you know, and, and, right. and just in terms of size, in terms of city size.
7: Yeah. I mean, we yesterday and, and Clint Field was so fantastic last night. He sent a note and said, man, this is like, I hope people realize this really puts us in the same class as New York and Miami and Atlanta in Dallas and he goes we're right there with everybody else like we should no longer think about ourselves as a mid to small size market because we are right there at the same of what those big cities are hosting
5: what do they look at what well, we know how great we are but I think it's interesting that you say that that we need to start looking at ourselves as being um, not just the mid market but that we can stand up with some of these other guys so how did they yeah. make the decision
7: You know, I really can't answer that. Um, There were a lot of text messages and phone calls last night between a few people at FIFA and some of us. And I think, one, the size of our stadium was certainly considered the location of our city being right in the heart of the United States or right in the heart of North America. And then from there... You know, what do we bring as a city to the table? And I, again, I'm speaking on what I think I'm not. I was not in the room when this was all played out. Um, but I do think that the size of Arrowhead and the Chiefs and everything about Kansas City played a role in us getting past that early knockout stage.
5: How much of this is about relationships? I sort of assume that's a part of uh, everything. Um, and I, this is where I give you and your team a lot of credit in being just so good at advocating for Kansas City. But how much of this behind the scenes is about the relationship building?
7: Well, it's 100 percent relationship building. And when you think about the complement of being in that same class as those other cities I mentioned, they can kind of stand on their own. You know, New York's New York, L.A.'s LA. And not, not against not saying anything negative about their staff. Cause I, those are all my counterparts and peers and they're all fantastic people, but we have to continue to go above and beyond to prove that Kansas city should be on that stage, just like those other cities. So, you know, when we're bidding on world cup and even the NFL draft, most of those people had either never been to Kansas city or didn't really know what we were, or who we are. So it's, it, is, it comes down to relationships and trust and proving that every event we host, we don't take it for granted. And that every event our city goes above and beyond with not only how well we do, the safety and security of our event, but how our city continues to show up.
5: You hit on some great points there that I want to talk about in terms of the trust, in terms of delivering an event that is amazing and so that we can get something like that again. So what does that mean? You talked about safety and security and the trust that's involved in that. What kind of event do we need to deliver on so that we have proven ourselves?
7: Well, all of the events that we've been hosting these last few years, especially these parades, certainly help our image. Um, The chiefs certainly help our image. When you see a packed arrowhead all the time, when we sell out things like Big 12, and we're working and bidding on NCAA events. And, of course, the NFL draft helped. Now, we were awarded World Cup prior to even hosting the draft. But our image and our brand that our our community and our region shows up to support these types of events goes a long way. Those pictures from those types of events. And then our fantastic police department, we we travel with them. We will take an officer or two with us to any event that we're considering bringing to our city and they meet with those local police. And that goes a long way. Then that event owners like, Hey, Kansas city brought police with them. So they get a feel for how do we make this work? That goes a really long way.
5: What's next in, in terms of announcements about the world cup and what we'll learn still. We
7: have a long way to go still every city does. So next, um, early later on this spring, the uh, base camp venues will be uh, placed in front of all of the, the, all of the countries that could participate. So a lot of jockeying right now and meeting with different countries and understanding what they're looking for as, as far as a base camp. Because it's, it's kind of almost different than the match schedule. This is where countries will come in and decide, hey, we want to be based in this city. We want our fans to be based out of here. So that's kind of the next thing that won't happen in 2025, um, until 2025. And then also then actually who's playing, especially in those group stages. We won't know that until they start to qualify next year. But between now and then, I think you'll see a lot of activity around KC 2026. We're getting ready to launch our working groups, whether that's transportation and security to FanFest to to arts and culture and heritage and all of these working groups now will start to get up and running. Um, we also will have more information coming out about FanFest later this year. We are working through what do we can sell 10 host city partners. So we'll really hit the ground running now that we know number of matches with you know raising money. Um, private money now that goes into this. So we have a long way to go, as every city does, between now and then. And then for other big announcements, it would be base camp next year and then actually who's playing here.
5: Talking with Kathy Nelson, president and CEO of the Greater Kansas City Sports Commission and Foundation. I want to keep talking about soccer, but I want to talk about Casey Current for a second. Um, In doing that drive south on the interstate at night, which I've done a couple of times lately, And to see that stadium, the way that Mm -hmm. is lit up along the riverfront, makes the hair on my arm stand up. It's just so cool to see that there. And I was with friends over the weekend uh, that I hadn't seen in a while trying to explain how big of a deal soccer is becoming, not becoming, has been for a while, and just keeps Mm -hmm. getting bigger in Kansas City. Um, What are we we looking forward to now? I know it's in March is when we'll start uh, having games at that stadium.
7: Yes, so their um, opening date, March 16th, yes, that is uh, the eyes. Again, the eyes of the world will be upon Kansas City as they watch us open a first-ever women's purpose-built stadium. So that all kicks off in March and then going strong. And and our goal, of course, to support Chris and Angie Long and Brittany and everyone with Casey Curran is to make sure we're filling that stadium. Like, we should be selling those matches out. I have no doubt that we won't, Um, but, you know, getting that up and running with them and supporting them. And that is, we're so passionate about that. Of course, as a female athlete, I'm so passionate about supporting women's sports. And for us, this is really an exclamation point on Kansas city and and on soccer in our region.
5: You mentioned the big 12 coming up as well. Um, I don't know when you sleep. I don't know when your team sleeps, (laughs) Uh, big 12 is coming up soon. All set to go.
7: All set to go. this is the first year that the women's big 12 championship will be played at T-Mobile center and they will play the week before the big 12 men. So we're adding a little bit more work on our plate. So two full weeks of big 12 plus four more schools. So now we're focused on welcoming those four new schools to Kansas city and all those athletes and fans and supporting that. Two weeks of basketball, Um, you know, the, the men are kind of a tough ticket to get sometimes, but we need you. If you buy a men's ticket, please consider buying a women's ticket. Those women need to be supported as much as the men, and this is our time to shine. And in the week after Big 12 Men End, we are hosting the NCAA Division I Men's Wrestling Championship, a massive, massive event, both from a convention and then a national championship televised on national television Um, And then from there, we have our KC Triathlon and then Hospital Hill Run. So we are moving and grooving in the middle of planning a parade,
5: potential parade. (laughs) Which we're going to, just so that we don't jinx it, that's the most that we're going to say about it because we don't want to, we know the planning has to happen. You can't pull this stuff off in 72 hours. We get it, but that we're going to, we're going to let your team just kind of work on those details. What else do you want? I, we ask you this every time. What else is on your wish list? It, it seemed like it couldn't get any bigger than the World Cup, but what else do you think about now?
7: Well, on my Visit KC hat, we are always looking at different types of conventions that, you know, of course we want to protect those conventions that continue to come back to Kansas City, but then what else is, is unique about Kansas City? And now with World Cup opening up that global market to us, we're really focusing on the international tourists. And then also what other types of conventions that maybe haven't thought of Kansas City now that could. We're we're, um, not scrambling, but we're certainly focused in on that. And then from a sports side, we'd like to extend the Big 12 in Kansas City. I'd like to to get that going. Um, They're here through 2027. We'd like to lock them in even longer term from that. And then Women's World Cup is up for bid for 2027 or 2031. And we have partnered with U.S. Soccer and the NWSL to see what if that's an opportunity for us. And then we're also focused on the Rugby World Cup, which would be 2031 and 2033, and we're a potential host city for that. So there are lots of big, big things happening um, of all weeks. Our NCAA championship bids for for, um, academic years 26, 27, and 27 and 28 are due this Wednesday. (laughs) So we are submitting dozens of bids on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, and then it's this week is also National Women and Girls in Sport Day. So we're doing a lot of things to celebrate that this week. So we have big, big things that we're working on. And then also, of course, just um, really focused in on business things that can help drive our community forward.
5: I won't put you on the spot about your feelings about the future of the Kansas City Royals. We were just talking before uh, we had you on about the deal with Bobby Witt Jr. and the fact that at some point soon, Uh, John Sherman expects to have an announcement about a location for the new stadium. And that tax uh, vote is coming up here soon. But do you behind the scenes, as you think about the things that you're looking forward to have in your mind about the future of the Royals?
7: Oh, I, I mean, I'm a huge supporter of downtown baseball. I think when you, when, when people think about our new Kansas city airport terminal, That's how we have to think if we don't think big and continue to think big that we're not going to grow. And I, I tell our staff sometimes, it's like a college campus. If they're not building on a college campus, you're behind. We cannot get our city. We have so much momentum right now. We cannot get behind. And this is one way to continue to support our professional teams in Kansas city. And I know John Sherman. Well, He means, I mean, he's doing great things for our community. And if you really got to know him in his heart, I would do whatever it takes to make sure that we are supporting him and his vision. And I do think downtown baseball, I travel to so many cities. And when you see what that baseball complex feels and looks like, there's nothing better.
5: Oh, what a way to end here. Kathy, you make me more excited about Kansas City every time we talk to you. There is so much going on, and it's just such a great time to be here. And so thanks for all the work that you do for the city.
7: Oh, thank you. Well, it's a team effort. It is not me alone we have an amazing team but thank you for the opportunity to tell our story
5: well good luck with your parade planning and that's the most we're going to talk about it so okay good no more drinking. <laughs> All right, thanks good. kathy nelson president thanks. and ceo greater kansas city sports commission and foundation uh we'll take a break here coming up there is a bit of news out of the royals uh out of the royal family uh there is a health uh, diagnosis coming out of the royal family so we'll talk about that coming up here on kmbz 913 8 Happy to have you with us here on this Monday afternoon. Uh Dana Wright, gonna pop in with us here at one o'clock. Uh, there is a lot going on in the world right now. Uh, quick note about the Grammys because the ratings are out. We didn't have those uh here until a little bit ago. Shocking no one, uh, the Grammys top TV market from last night was Kansas City. Uh 13.6 rating. That is up 86%. From last year. So um, yeah, there were tweets last night about uh, the crossover again between the NFL uh, and Taylor Swift. And again, if you missed it, she won album of the year last night for the fourth time. That is a record for a single artist. Uh, Did incredibly well. Didn't win everything she was up for. Uh, In fact, I think she was up for five or six awards and won two and made her new um, album announcement as well last night that it's not going to be... She is re-recording all of her music because she lost... She didn't lose her masters. Her masters, uh, she does not have possession of. And so she's just going to re-record them. And so she's in the process of that. And the thought was that that was going to be the announcement, is that there would be... uh, The Reputation album would be re-recorded. But no, she's going to do a new one. Uh, and it's going to be released in April or it's already been recorded, but it'll be released in April. So a uh, big night for the Grammys uh, here in Kansas city, as we mentioned as well uh, earlier in the show here a little bit coming up after one o'clock, we'll go further into this, but it is a big contract for Bobby Witt jr. Royal shortstop. It is the largest contract in franchise history that he has agreed to. This is an 11 year guaranteed $288.8 million for the 14 years in all three hundred seventy seven million. And I'm already seeing the tweets about or. Yeah, on on X, but I'm already seeing the tweets from people saying for those who were arguing that the Royals aren't good enough to have a new stadium. Here's your here's your answer here, uh, because he's done extremely well for us this year. So we'll talk coming up after one o'clock to six ten sports Royals insider Josh Vernier. Give us more of the details and more of the background about that. Uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning is when Bobby Witt Jr. will be at that press conference, and we'll hear more from him. A quick note about the royal family, Um, and it just is concerning a little bit as we uh, keep a close eye on this. Uh, King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. He is 75 years old. There was a statement that came out from the royal family today uh, that said during the King's recent hospital procedure for a benign prostate enlargement, a separate issue of concern was noted. Diagnostic tests have identified a form of cancer. They have not specifically said it's prostate cancer. They've not said what kind of cancer it is. They just said um, that uh, he has cancer there and will continue to do official paperwork as usual but is starting treatment and is postponing public facing duties. He is 75. um, And the area of interest with that a little bit with me is, well, I have a little bit of interest in the Royal family, not a ton, but a little bit. And Kate Middleton, Princess Kate just underwent, I can't remember what they called it, elective abdominal surgery, but it was pretty major. She was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. I believe is still there Prince William is going back to public engagements after having visited her in the hospital quite a bit there. And so that makes Prince William a little bit more um, out in the public. We'll see if any other members of the royal family end up stepping in there also. But it's just scary anytime you hear somebody uh, diagnosed with cancer like that. We don't know what stage it is. They're not saying um, anything about it in terms of specifics, but... Uh, there had been a lot of speculation about exactly what was wrong and what was going on, and he's a world figure, so that is uh, that is what they announced there. Uh, real quick, there are a couple stories coming out of Kansas in terms of the highway patrol, and they tweeted this out this morning. This was Trooper Ben that we follow uh, quite a bit. He said, and this was this morning he put this out, uh, in heavy fog on I-135 in Saline County, they stopped a motorist going 116 miles an hour 75 miles an hour is the speed limit where they were so you already have a really high speed limit anyway and he put out a copy of the ticket again this was on this was this morning and it was in heavy fog he said troopers have frequently been stopping drivers going over 100 miles an hour this is 41 miles an hour over the speed limit that driver is now facing a fine of 468 dollars And I can't tell from the ticket, it doesn't, they're not showing it here um, exactly what kind of vehicle this was, but this was, yeah, earlier this morning when you can't really even see that far out in front of you and you catch somebody going that fast. Slow down, 41 miles an hour over the speed limit. I mean, we've had kids here not be in school because the fog is so bad that the buses can't go because you can't see that far out in front of you and we've had a ton of wrecks so 116 miles an hour unbelievable all right coming up in the next hour we will go further into the deal with bobby witt jr we'll talk about that also um if we have time i had kind of a bone to pick with southwest airlines after an experience that we had yesterday coming back from chicago that i've never had have happened on an airplane before so we'll get into that as well we'll take a break talk more about bobby witt jr and the deal with the royals coming up next here on kmbz